0: Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hi Angel, how are you today?
1: Hi Amy, I'm really well. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: Thank you for joining us and making this time because I know that you have a beautiful newborn baby and I'm sure you're juggling a lot of things. So we really appreciate you being here with us today and taking that time. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners.
1: Amazing. So hi everyone, I'm Anushka and I am the... Mama of the goddess space, which is um, a sacred space both online and offline, calling for women to gather. Um, I'm also mama, newly born mama to Luna Florence. Um, and yeah, I feel that it is my deepest calling to be journeying through the feminine um, and supporting other women on that journey as well
0: amazing uh, well for our listeners, we were introduced actually by my friend Phoebe Greenacre, who was on the show two episodes ago. And Phoebe just kept raving to me about your circles and the space that you hold for women to come together in circle. And Phoebe and I are all about the circles as well. Whenever mm-hmm. anyone is getting married or Yay. having a baby, mm-hmm. we're like, let's have a circle. Mm-hmm. It's a birthday. Let's have a circle. Uh, but I know when I post stuff like that on Instagram, Instagram, people are like, wow, that's so special. But I never would think to gather in a goddess circle, gather in a women's circle. And I know that you're really passionate about space holding for women and gathering together. So, could you share a little bit about why it's so important that women come together like that, and uh, maybe some of the reasons why uh, we don't do that, you know, right. in modern times so much?
1: Yeah. So. Um Women's circles and women gathering is ancient. This is an act, a ritual, a practice that is deeply embedded in the cells of our beings because all of our ancestors would have at times been gathering in circle. Um, The circle is actually the oldest practice of gathering community. If you can imagine thousands of years ago when we were gathering around a fire, it was always in a circle because the fire, the warmth needed to spread out to everyone. Um, So the circle holds this container, this vessel through which medicine, growth, community, events, um, socialization occurs. So the act of gathering in a circle is very, very ancient. Um, And women have been gathering, especially um, in order to basically harness and connect to their deeper powers. So in ancient times, again, um, women in the community, especially around their bleeds, they would leave their community for a moment in time um, and they would bleed together. As I know most women have experienced before, if you're living with women or if you're in a family of girls, your, your cycles end up aligning. So if you can imagine in ancient communities, the women would all bleed at the same time. So they would actually leave their communities together and gather in a tent in circle to basically firstly rest, allow themselves, their bodies, their responsibilities to diminish so that they could honor their bleeds. Um, But also it was a time where they could really harness the power of the feminine together. And what this would look like often would be they would receive messages they would receive visions they would receive um information through the sacred time through the sacred circle that once they were finished leading they would then return back to their communities and share with everyone so the potency of the circle is really about creating a container in which you can tap into your power your gifts your magic and then bring it back to the world, not just for yourself, but for for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really the ancient practice of the circle. Um, However, as these kind of more ancient circles and ancient communities began to diminish, and as we began to step into more of a patriarchal system, the need or the ability to just leave and honor this time um, dwindled. Mm. And so we stopped gathering. We stopped coming together. We stopped accessing and giving ourselves the space to access the feminine power that really lives within us. Um, And I believe that's now been met with a deep feeling of separation between women and a deep feeling of separation between the feminine power that lives within each woman. So the circles that people are beginning to hear about now and are beginning to echo through the world are really a reclamation. They are a revival of a sacred feminine act, a sacred feminine practice that invites and welcomes us to step back into our medicine our gifts and all that we are here to share with the world
0: amazing amazing and that shape even a circle you know for me it evokes that feminine imagery as well that feminine cycle you know things mm-hmm. being in a cycle and I know with my clients, like a really bold thing that seems so simple, but is so bold is Mm -hmm. the idea that we ebb and flow, like we have high energy sometimes. And then two hours later, we have no energy and Mm -hmm. actually not being hard on yourself for that, but seeing it as part of this circular cyclical nature of the feminine is kind of wild, but it makes so much sense, I think. And it makes Mm -hmm. me feel so much more empowered in my work in my life to give myself that permission to just be however
1: i be totally you know and and this patriarchal system is so linear so when we don't follow the line of life we feel lack or we feel like we're not enough or we're not good enough or we can't fulfill these expectations that the world constantly demands of us but when we return back to this visual and vision of the circle, the spiral, we realize that we were never meant to be that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so powerful. So speaking of power, I know that you are going through a really sacred rite of passage right now, moving into motherhood. And I know that you are really passionate about talking about the journey from maiden to mother archetype Mm -hmm. so I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your own experience and I guess also your expertise around this guiding other women through these passages
1: yeah so rites of passage um is really sacred um, to me and my journey it's something that really excites me I get very excited by this concept of rites of passages um, so I want to kind of explain a little bit about what I believe it to be um, and it is the marking really it's the moment the marking when you shapeshift when you journey from one aspect in yourself to another when you um, let go of a part of yourself in order to become the next version of you. And again, in ancient communities, these moments were were marked and they were understood as so sacred that whole communities would gather around the person journeying through this rite of passage to see them, to honor them, to celebrate them, to acknowledge them, um, to give them that fuel to Mm really go for it, to really step onto the next path of their life. Um, And again, that is something that we have lost in our culture. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so what these rites of passages are is, again, a returning back to them, a returning back to creating spaces to really see people, to honor them, to acknowledge them, to celebrate them as we watch them journey from different aspects of themselves. Um, So the journey from maiden to mother, maiden is categorized really as the energy from when a girl first starts her bleed, so when she enters womanhood, until um, she becomes a mother. And maidenhood is almost like spring, if you can visualize it. It is the opening, the budding, the beginning of the flowering of the season, it's exciting. You know, we've just come from the depths of winter and sunlight is making us giddy. We're curious, we we want to experiment, try new things, we're, we feel we're beginning a journey. And it comes with a lot of exciting energy. And I reflect back on my maidenhood and I totally see that it's the beginning of the journey. Um, you want to try different things you want to figure out who you are you want to you know meet a guy and realize actually he's not for me I'm going to find the next kind of guy and see if he's for me or start a job and realize that that wasn't the job that you wanted or that wasn't the path you wanted to walk down. It's all of this feeling of experimentation um, and for yeah almost 15 years I've been journeying through maidenhood. And that's been the catalyst for the beautiful circles that I've held where women have gathered and we've explored who we are. We've explored where our path is journeying down and, and what we vision for ourselves and who we believe ourselves to be. And we've set intentions along that thread. Um, And so now I'm in this really interesting phase where that freedom, that curiosity, that excitement, that giddiness, um, that youthful energy has began to root, um, has began to deepen, has began to ground into this summer, this fertile, this abundance, this glorious basking light of motherhood, um, which requires a very, very different energy. It calls you to be here now Mm. it calls you to really be exactly where you are and to know that the magic and the excitement is there too Mm. but if any mamas out there are listening I'm sure you may have felt at times like this Energy of like I just want to be out back into the world, you know. And there's there's this feeling of you can't. You're anchored. You're here right now. Um, and so this initiation, which I believe pregnancy and the birth and the postpartum period really anchor you and draw you down towards, um, is what I'm moving through right now. Um, and there are many points of celebration, of acknowledgement, of being seen that are required for women journeying through this passage um, to experience that I believe really will support women. Um, and I believe without it is the reason why a lot of women, a lot of new mums are left feeling alone, um, isolated and yeah. Separate from society.
0: Mm, it sounds like an initiation.
1: Mm, it's a total initiation. <sighs> yes.
0: Yeah. And I know that you had a home birth during the pandemic. Mm. So I know, I know a few people who are very close to me who have given birth this year and I've been very heartbroken for them, for some of the experiences that they've been through, for some of the lack of empathy and consideration, and just the lack of support during this time. And I mean, they're very strong, but you wouldn't wish those experiences on them either. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear what your experience was having your home birth. I like know that I would love to have a home birth when I give birth, but I know that it can be scary for people to consider that, uh, for women to consider doing something like that on their own, especially during a pandemic. So I'm just so excited to hear your experience and all of it, you know, the good, the bad, the scary, all of it.
1: Yes. So, um, I guess to start at the beginning, which is, you know, when I found out I was pregnant, I, like most things in my life, I, I'm always on a journey and a quest for the deeper experience for the deeper meaning behind things that are happening to me. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I, I knew I wanted to dive deep and, um, my first trimester, as again, most mamas will agree, is, is very challenging. It is physically draining, you know, your energy, you're exhausted. A lot of women are sick and um, it really requires you to pause, to stop. It's like your whole body is like, right, a spirit has entered you. Now it's time to just be, to surrender. So your body almost pushes you into that aspect of surrender um, so i was very tired um, my body couldn't do much at all and i really spent that time tuning into what was happening to welcoming this spirit baby into my body into my vessel if i felt i needed to be sick to allow what i believed any toxins that were inside of me to come out so i could create a safe container and a healthy container for my baby to grow in um, and then I began to look into the idea of how I wanted to bring my child into this world. And personally for me, hospitals are scary places. Mm. You know, they elicit a feeling of illness, sickness, danger, um, panic, alarm. And as I'm all about creating sacred spaces, this is my you know, purpose in life, I, knew deep down that I wanted my baby to be born into a sacred space. Um, and so I started reading a lot. I bought some beautiful books, um, authors such as Ina May and Millie Hill, um, to name just a few. Oh, was the other lady, she was amazing. I wanna shout her out, but I forgot. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, and realized that a home birth could be a possibility. And so I was introduced to an amazing independent midwife and I remember calling her and saying to her on the phone, you know, I, I know I want to give birth to my baby, maybe in water, or, you know, I want to create a safe space, but I'm afraid, I'm really afraid. And she said, listen, every woman begins their birth at home regardless, right? We all begin our births at home. Um, So why don't we just, say, we'll begin our birth at home and see where we go. And it was something about that permission slip, it was something about that gentle journey into this idea that actually I could birth her at home that began to kind of make me feel expanded in that space. Um, And so it was a kind of sigh, it was a relief that this would be a journey I could explore with her. As I moved into my second trimester, the pandemic began. um, And as pregnant women were then classified as very high risk at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, me and my partner decided to move um, up to the countryside. So we left our flat in London and we moved up up north to his family home um, in the countryside. And I was there for three months. Um, And again, as most Pregnant woman experience in the second trimester, you really feel like your energy is is returning to you. You feel alive, you feel a sense of Excitement and you can kind of you're given the permission to go back into your almost everyday life um, But carrying this baby And so The experience for me was that I was experiencing the kind of high of pregnancy in total isolation I was growing in isolation. I was blooming in isolation. My belly was getting bigger and bigger and bigger in isolation. Um, and it was quite a conflicting experience because it's really a time where you feel so high and you feel like you have the energy to want to share that with everyone. You know, you want to be able to show your growing belly to your mom and your friends and feel seen and feel celebrated. But I was... I wasn't able to do that. I grew, it was in the spring, and so I was blooming with the flowers around me and the trees and the birds, and they were the beings that witnessed my growth. Um, And I wrote a lot about that at the time on my Instagram. I wrote a lot about this idea of, of blooming in isolation and this notion that you don't need to be witness A flower doesn't need to be witnessed in order to bloom. A flower just blooms. But once the flower flowers, the whole world looks at it in awe. And so the growing and the blooming, it it doesn't require you to be seen in order for it to happen. Um, And that was the kind of message that I needed to keep returning to, that... I could keep blooming and keep growing. And what I would create from that would be the magic that the world would receive, which would be me and the baby at the end. Um, During the pandemic, I also began to hold mama circles. And this was a calling very much for pregnant women um, who were feeling the fear, which I was, especially at the beginning um, with this unknown pandemic. Um, for us to gather together and just be in circle online. And at one point, I think there were 60 of us, pregnant mamas from all over the world who were just sat on Zoom, holding each other, seeing each other, acknowledging the pain that we were experiencing, the pain of the whole world shaking beneath us and us having to be so strong to hold these beings. Um, So it was a deeply empowering time, purely because of the strength that I feel that pregnant mamas have had to cultivate in order to hold not just themselves, but their their children, their child. Mm -hmm. Um, So to any pregnant mama listening, I see you, I honor you, I celebrate you so much um, and I want you all to know that your babies chose to come at this time. And they chose to come because I believe they are the medicine that this world needs right now. And you are the medicine because you are the holders of them. And that vision, that message gave me so much strength at this time. It gave me so much Power to know that I was carrying the light that this world needed, and that these baby beings are so powerful. The ones coming through right now that shows 2020 and the COVID pandemic, they are whew, power.
0: Mm, little angels meant to be here at this time.
1: Totally I know, like
0: a lot of people with everything that's going on, and I've seen commentary about this online, have been like, You know, some people are reconsidering having kids because they're like, what world am I bringing these people into? And Mm. I did think about that a bit and I thought, well, actually, you know, isn't the world going to be a better place if we bring more conscious beings into the world, if more conscious, loving, Mm. kind-hearted humans birth, more conscious, kind-hearted, loving humans into this planet? Um, Because I think this planet is desperate for the feminine right now.
1: Absolutely. And you know, what I noticed was after, after the second trimester and I moved into the third trimester, we returned back to London to, you know, get prepared to, to birth our baby. Um, and actually I would be walking around and people would see me as this blossoming mama, and it would bring so much joy to them. You know, and it, it would bring joy to me to be seen and witnessed in that space. But I noticed how much hope the archetype, the um, essence of a pregnant woman was bringing at this time of such despair and suffering, this idea of new life, of hope, of possibility was being symbolized in my experience. Um, and that was a beautiful gift to bring back to London, mm-hmm. to bring back this this notion of hope. Um, and so the third trimester was a time of preparation, a time to settle my energy back down again, um, to prepare to open, to prepare to create space for this being to move through me. Um, in a safe and sacred way. And I worked with a doula and my midwife. Um, and really, I think the, the work you need to do in order to have a home birth is, a, is inner work. Mm. So it is releasing fears, releasing conditionings, releasing the belief that it is not safe to birth at home, releasing the belief that you can't do it releasing the belief that you need intervention in order to birth your baby. Um, Understanding, of course, that hospitals, the medical industry, um, intervention, if required, is a blessing. But returning the power back to the feminine to know that if we can grow our babies, we can birth our babies. Um, And that when you're pregnant, you're not ill. You're not sick, you are in your full power at that point. Um, And that is what my midwife and doula really gifted to me, was this reminder that your body was created to open, to birth your child. It's impossible that nature would have given us women a task that we could not complete ourselves. And you just have to look at any other mammal to see how they birth. To see that they require a safe and sacred space, usually alone in the darkness, to birth their their beings. Um, So that is the space that we work to create, a safe and sacred space where I felt relaxed, where I felt empowered, where I felt that I could do it. Um, And on a after three days of early laboring, um, (laughs) where, you know, you are taught through hypnobirthing, through any kind of holistic natural birth prep, or most birth prep, but in early labor, you know, when you start to feel... That the baby is, is beginning to come. The best thing you can do is just relax and go back to bed or go shopping or do your thing. Um, I forgot all of that and got way too excited. So my early labor definitely took a bit longer than I would have hoped for. Um, and then it was a Tuesday evening at around seven o'clock in the, yeah, in the evening. It was beautiful, it was twilight, the July, so beautiful hot summer's day and the sun was dwindling Um, and my husband actually suggested that we have a glass of wine that we just relax Um, so we had a glass of wine my mum was over and she was giving me a little massage and my waters broke like a big pop Um, my waters broke and I moved from a state of early labor, which felt quite, um, yeah, demanding of my time and energy. And I moved into a liminal space where I deepened, the whole experience deepened. um, And the only thing I could focus on was the depth of this experience. It was primal. It was so fully embodied and grounded and rooted in my womb space that I realized I had left this plane and I was journeying with my child at that point um, in the ether, in the unknown, um, to birth her. And I want to share with you a beautiful story that my doula um, said to me right before I moved into that space. And she said, At some point very soon, Anushka, you are going to have to leave this physical space that you're in. You're gonna have to leave me and your midwife and your partner. You're gonna have to leave your fears, your pain, your struggles, your conditioning. You're gonna have to leave it all because you are gonna be asked to journey from here up into the stars, up into the sky, up to the moon in order to meet your baby to collect her and bring her home. And I remember hearing her speaking that to me, hearing her say that to me and knowing that my birth was a quest. It was a journey that I had to embark on and no one could do it for me. I had to do it alone. I had to go there. I had to go to the depths of myself in order to journey, to collect her and bring her back. And my doula ended by saying, when you come back, when you retrieve her, when you collect her, when you bring her back home, we're all going to be there, cheering you on, celebrating you, welcoming you back, because you would have birthed not just her, but yourself. And that, I believe, is the rite of passage. That, I believe, is the quest that we all take at some point in our life, whether we're birthing our babies, whether we're birthing an idea or a business, whether we are moving through different parts of ourselves. We we need to move through the discomfort of it all, and we need to do that by ourselves. But the power of community is when we return back from that space, back from that quest, back from that journey we've been on to be seen, acknowledged, held and celebrated after. That is the magic of the circle. That is the magic of sacred space, of community. Um, And that is the power of rites of passage.
0: Incredible. Such a powerful story. I was like tearing up as you were (laughs) saying that. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just, so empowering like again it feels like this initiation for women of recognizing like no one's coming to save you you're gonna do this yourself this Mm -hmm. is your body this is your journey this is all you baby and I can't think of anything more empowering I guess going into motherhood as well and having that Different relationship with your child as the mother, right? Than yes. than the father. You know they're different and special. I'm sure in their own ways. But um, it really does sound like it's a journey of preparing you for that and preparing you for the shifts and the anchoring that you mentioned. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. It's it's all there for a reason. You know the whole preparation, the nine months. The, the it's all there to prepare you. Nature does. Nature never does anything without intention. So to really tune in to those phases and those opportunities that you're being given um, is is what is all you need, really.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So if anyone's listening who's thinking about a more holistic birth plan, maybe a home birth, maybe they're like, I've never done anything, but I'm thinking about hypnobirthing. Mm. What are some of your favorite Uh, tools practices things that you explored that you would really advocate other women look at
1: I would advocate um, all women to definitely try to um, hire a doula and this is an investment but as I'm sure you know there are certain things that we invest in that are so superficial and so conditioned um, and actually taking your power back and being like, right, I want to use my money to enhance my life, um, a doula would 1,000% be an investment that I would call women to make when they have a baby. Um, on that pregnancy journey, a doula is, I think it translates literally into a, a mama's servant which is interesting because servant obviously brings quite a triggering um, word to us. But it's, she's there to serve the mama. So, whereas mm-hmm. most things in birth and in pregnancy and a post birth are all about the baby, a doula is there purely and simply for the mother's well being, um, to honor the mama, to see the mama, to celebrate the mama, to help the mama move through anything she needs to move through in order to birth her child. Um, and to mother her child so a doula is definitely something i would um promote and support um what else i did hypnobirthing um with katherine graves which was incredible um really learning how to hold yourself through birth how to hold yourself through um, the pain empowers you to basically understand that these contractions are happening for a reason but because they're from you they're not they don't own you
0: Mm.
1: you're being called to move with them so if you can learn the practice um, of moving with them they don't control you anymore you ride with them they're waves Um, so practicing that reading reading beautiful books which again maybe I'll share with you a list Amy and you can share it with your community Um, I think the last, or the couple of last things I would say would be um, to find spaces for yourself as a mama, um, whether it's a mama-to-be circle, whether it's um, gathering a few of your closest friends with you and explaining, you know, they might not be pregnant or have babies, but explaining to them the process, explaining that you'll need their support, um, you'll need them to hold you at certain times and maybe gathering a few of your closest friends and teaching them about mama blessings, which is a blessing way I had um, a month before I gave birth, which is a a type of woman circle where your closest sisters come together to honor and acknowledge the journey you're about to take. That can be super um, supportive and a beautiful way to make you feel like a goddess during your birth and pregnancy. Um, And as much as you feel, because everyone's journey is different, I would really, the last thing that I would suggest is that you pay close attention to what rises up within you during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And these may be triggers, these may be experiences, these may be physical sensations, pain, distress, whatever is rising in you that feels uncomfortable, these are deep messages for you, um, preparing you for birth and preparing you to become a mother. So if you can pay close enough attention that you actually begin to work through them, you are working with the medicine that you're being sent at that time, if that makes sense. Um, So a lot of mine, for example, was about the fear of losing control. I was afraid to lose control. I was afraid to let go. Um, And throughout my whole pregnancy, especially with the pandemic, this was coming up more and more and more and more. And actually what I saw in my birth was it gave me the exact medicine I needed because the minute I let go, the minute I stopped pressurizing for my birth to happen, the minute I took that sip of wine and I just relax, that is when she was ready to come. So it was a, a deep message in surrendering. Um, so I would journal a lot during your pregnancy, journal about the things that are coming up because they are probably everything clues as to what you will need in your birth and in your mothering.
0: Amazing amazing i follow this instagram called badass mother Bertha, and it's just videos they're all set like they're all blurry on instagram because they're so graphic but if you're not like afraid or maybe if you are afraid watch it anyway but it's like just women all over the world giving birth and you fully see it you see the baby's head coming out you see babies coming out breech you see Babies born in the sack, you see mothers all over the world giving birth in different ways, giving birth in cars, giving birth in pools at home. Wow. And I found it really amazing to actually just expose myself to these videos because it feels less unknown now for me. So I feel like I used to have a lot of fear around being a mom and getting pregnant, whereas now I have this like excitement and this excited energy around Mm. that chapter in my life, you know, whenever that comes. Mm. Um, And I think it's interesting how birth is shrouded in so much secrecy and almost like shame for a lot of women. Um, So I think it's been really powerful to hear your experience in such depth. And I really appreciate you sharing all of that in so much detail with us, oh.
1: um, yeah. Thank you for listening. You know, one of the things that I've learned as well is after birth, the importance of sharing your birth story, which mm-hmm. women are not given space for again, um, mm-hmm. and the affirmation and the the pride and the um, power a woman feels when she can share her birth story, no matter if it was traumatic or not. It shows that she finished the quest yeah. She returned from the journey and it might have been messy and it, it would have definitely been painful and no matter where you are if you're at home or in hospital or it, it, it's the most demanding experience of your life mentally physically emotionally spiritually no matter where you are and to be able to come home and share that story is a gift and thank you for listening um And to any mamas out there, I urge you to find sacred spaces to be able to share yours. You know, if if you can ask a friend to listen or if you can, you know, speak to a healer or a therapist or a doula or a midwife or whoever to share your story, it is a very powerful act um, and powerful part of the the journey.
0: Amazing. So you have your Women's Circle training coming up.
1: Is it in January? It's in January. Um, And actually, when I was when I found out I was pregnant last year, I realized that I'm not going to be able to hold many circles. Um, And so I had this vision of creating a offering whereby I could share with women um, how to hold their own how to mm-hmm. hold sacred space, how to share with other women in an empowering way, how to do rituals, how to work with the moon phases, um, how to connect back to their feminine power and gather with their sisters, with their daughters, with their community, um, and reclaim this ancient practice for themselves. Um, so I did about four trainings last year. Uh, this year, Um, and I've decided to hold another one in January Um, so yeah there's limited spots available left but the um, offering is out there and you can find a link on my website or my Instagram if you are interested in learning how to hold and create your own beautiful spaces
0: Amazing. We'll leave links for this and your Instagram and everything in our episode show notes. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to be keen as a bean. (laughs) And um, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of this amazing wisdom. I'm all about it. I love talking to you and I
1: really appreciate your wisdom. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for creating this space. And yeah, it's beautiful to be with you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is This Is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better stay tuned for the next episode and until then I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.